Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. Dave, uh, welcome. It's been two weeks off. Finally back. Yep, didn't like it. Yeah, I know. Sometimes we take this time because we have conflicting schedules, but we try and record enough so that uh, you guys listening can uh, at least catch our show every week. Yep. Which has been... Yeah, I enjoy editing it and throwing those clips on YouTube, so you can catch us there as well. Oh, man, they're good, too. I can, they're funny, I'm not even they? I'm not even trying to uh, toot my own horn, but sitting there listening to it, and I'm by myself, and when I do a belly laugh, and I wish I could remember what you said, but you said something that was so funny, and I had to look around like, uh-oh, somebody's going to see what... Because I have my Bluetooth in with my mask on, and nobody can tell I'm even mm-hmm. listening to anything, yeah. and, uh, and the crazy fool standing in the corner laughing to himself. <laughs> awesome yeah. concern. Yeah, like, like but, the crazy man on the street. But oh. it was great. The 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 whole that that one episode was just great. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun, even the little uh little tidbits. Yeah. By the by the time the, the episodes actually air and go live, I've probably listened to them four or five <laughs> times and I still laugh, you know, every time I listen. So you know, even if you guys at home aren't enjoying it, I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's when your brother was talking about how he uh, listens to it and, and he starts like responding or wanting to respond. It's like, oh man, nobody can even hear me because, <laughs> because these are conversations he's been a part of forever too. Mm-hmm. And, and of course he would want to, and I, I hope that actually even, even people that don't know us can, can relate and uh, feel the same urge to want to say something too, because I, we don't even get to say all what we want to say at the time, but mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun and I hope it reflects our fun reflects to the, or they could pick up what we're having. Yeah. Them. Well, and, and I'm hoping that we can get Tony on the show. Uh, I'd love to have Tony and, and Jimmy join us. And... I think it'd be a great <laughs> idea. I know I've mentioned before we should have a buddy show and mm-hmm. have a few of us just being fools. Well, there's just, <laughs> you know, there's there's a fair amount of history and some fun stories that can go into it. And I think it'd be kind of fun to share those. Yeah. With, we might have, a, have a little discussion. Okay, dude, how far do you want to talk about <laughs> Yeah, things? what are the rules? What are the limits? <laughs> you know, it's just like getting into a cage fight. No hitting in the, below the belt, mm-hmm. you know, no kicking while you're down. <laughs> yeah, we might have to like... What it's off limits because yeah. I'm sure there's a few things. We'll wink, have some wink, ground wink. rules. Yeah, because you know most of us are married now, or we and, like to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we have kids. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and kids. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, they don't listen to us anyway. Yeah, not even online. So, well, <laughs> well, Dave. So I want to talk a little bit about Mars. Oh man, a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, there is. There's so much stuff going on, and it's exciting to me. I'm, I'm, you know, kind of a science nut, and I, the, the idea of going to other planets is kind of exciting with especially with the technology that we have now where i mean the the rovers are tweeting on their own well i don't know how they programmed it but they'll send out pictures and then they'll put a little little you know little uh, title of what we're looking at as far as the pictures are and you know we get all these really cool animations that you can go on to nasa or youtube or any of these other sites that are uh, enthusiasts mm-hmm. and you can watch the digital sort of recreation of what is happening, like the landers and, you know, how they're coming out of out of orbit and landing. Because you can't really see a third-person perspective of those experiences, but they can create an animation that looks very realistic yeah. and gives you an idea of what actually is happening. Well, it's pretty intense because... I don't recall. I did know at one point how many miles away Mars was, is from Earth, but... You know, at airports, you have a ground crew that is motioning these things in as they're flying in, and and there's a lot of people to, you know, help out the landing of one airplane. And uh, these guys are just 
doing it, you know, essentially by, um, you know, if I'm correct, they're not even droning it. It's all, it's all through, um, it's like pre-programmed. Yes, programs. <clears throat> yeah. And they just hope for the best, you know, and when they're land, they have reason to be, uh, happy because there's nobody there guiding it in. You know, it's literally using their, their science and their, um, uh, fails mm-hmm. as well as their wins to. I'm sure they're using. Think that'll happen. I'm sure they're using a lot of mathematics stuff that you and I don't understand. I can't spell <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> uh, yeah. So distance, I I did write that down because it, it is so far. People don't know how seriously far away uh, the the moon is, and then how much farther away the how far away Mars is. Right. Uh, and Mars, I think, is the next closest planet to us. I believe. So just to the moon, hmm. it's 239,000 miles. So... Just to the moon. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh. 239,000 miles. Okay. Just to the moon. Okay. To Mars, 140 million miles. Now, keep in mind, these are orbiting, so the distances change, but when they are... At it, I think at their closest, I think this, these are the ranges. Is that right? Because Mars has this, you know, big, huge orbit around the sun, of course, and it goes at a different speed around the sun than we do. And so the timing to even send these, uh, these, these explorers to Mars, it has to be timed so that you can use uh, potentially the gravity of the moon to help slingshot it again yeah. to Mars. And in some cases, it just, it'll shorten the length the of time. time. Yeah, to well, get there. I know we brought it up before when I asked you if uh, you would go to Mars if they, mm, yeah. if they asked for you to go. And I believe that they were saying it's like a six-month flight. Yeah, the very shortest right now, I think, is right around six months. Is that right? Yeah. So, okay, so, so my question was, on these, you know, unmanned, you know, craft, is it faster or does it literally take that long? Because lately it seems like that we've had so much talk of Mars that next thing you know, it's there. And it's like, well, wait a minute. But we just had the other rovers that are there. I mean, it just seems like there's so much activity that maybe it's just that we don't know that they're sending so many things out that direction to where things are happening while something is already on its way. So, because it, Yeah, I think it, that's what it is. I guess, but in the whole scheme of things, six months is absolutely nothing. If that's yeah. what it takes for it to get there. Well, and, and the U.S., they're not the only country that are doing these uh, these missions. Uh, the U.S. has been probably the most visible, and, you know, NASA's pretty good about promoting uh, the stuff that they're doing. I don't know. Maybe, Producer Ethan, you can count up the number of missions that have been going to Mars from all from all countries. I didn't even know about other countries going. Yeah. Yeah. Russia. I think China's involved in it. I think the, there might be some a Middle Eastern. Uh, anything that's gone to Mars. Yeah. And because there's a whole bunch of them, it's really quite surprising, but it takes to communicate with um, anything that's going to Mars. I think they said it's like 10 minutes to communicate, to send a signal to Mars. And then to the return is another 10 minutes. So you're looking at a potential 20-minute delay when you send a signal to get something back. That's amazingly fast to me. I mean, I could understand, but understand. Well, considering uh, it's, you know, it's uh, 140 right, million that, miles away. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. 
Ethan's got a, a thing up on the screen that talks about uh, which missions have been successful and which ones have been failures. And there's quite a lot of those red failures on there. Space travel is not an easy thing. No. But I'm also the believer in, in like, the light bulb. I don't remember the statistic or the facts on it, but, you know, it took, like, a thousand tries before they could get it right. And those aren't a thousand failures. That's just a thousand, you know, um, steps to get closer to the Mm -hmm. end result. So I just, you know, it's just perfecting it. Yeah, I was listening to Elon Musk on a on a podcast. Maybe it was a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was saying that because Joe was talking about the number of explosions that they've had for their their different rockets that they're using, and Elon was like, "Yeah, we totally expect this is all you know. We're we're learning Trial as we're going, error, right? and and so we expect these things to happen. Yeah, it can't not happen, I and mean, and it's so expensive." And he's like, yeah, well, that's just the way the, nat- the that's nature. That's why of it. it seems like he has so many of those. Um... Yeah. Okay. So seventy-seven missions to Mars. Wow. And of course, some of them are just orbit orbiting. They're not. Uh, they're not all successfully landing. But at least seventy-seven. Well, that's missions. seventy-seven beliefs that there's something worthy of going on at Mars. A lot more than the Moon. Mm-hmm. You know there. And I, I, I get what. I believe what they're going for, but, um, do you think that there's much value in scooting on by the moon and heading to Mars? Well, I don't feel, I feel that Mars might have it has earth on it. I don't know what the moon is really. I mean, it's cheese. I thought, <laughs> right. It's uh, but you know, I, it doesn't seem like that on the moon that you, it's not made of anything that you could sit there and attempt to grow anything. And I mean, the gra- I don't know what gravity is like there. I mean, is it similar to Earth? I just, it, it seems more, it's a planet versus a moon. So I just imagine that there's more possibilities. I am not too sure. I had somebody tell me that there's a, and I said, well, please share with me because I haven't heard this stuff and I would like to look it up and I don't want it to be some, I'd like to know it's factual, not we believe that yeah. there's some other, that there's life. I heard that there's life on Mars, but it's, it's, um, you know, little uh, uh, bacteria and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious of like, okay, well, I haven't heard that mainstream. Yeah, and that would be it, out there, I believe. I just think it might be still in the conspiracy sites, not necessarily saying, hey, guess what we found? I don't know how we, I would not have heard that. Yeah. Because I try to keep my, keep my ear to the track to hear ahead of that stuff too. Yeah, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the conspiracy uh, sides of Mars. So, Remind me. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to that. Uh, as far as the moon is concerned, the moon is an interesting thing to me because evidently, evidently there is a form of water. It's in ice, but there's a form of water on the moon. Is there? Yeah. How come I never heard that? I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just... Yeah, it's... Why isn't some of this information be out in the front? Because it's so stinking cold. There's not really a whole lot of value to it, except for the potential of taking water and extracting out hydrogen from the water. Well, they like to say where there's water, there's life. Yeah, but there's a lot of other factors that would negate that, including Mars. Well, they say where there isn't water, there isn't. So I'm saying there's... How about Mm -hmm. this? Yeah, I think what they say, the potential of life. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. I think Elon mentioned that... I think I just read that Elon's talking about we're heading back to the moon or something. I'm like, what? Man, this guy's got so many things going on. He does. He's amazing. Uh, the, so there, I, as far as I know, there is water 
on the moon. It's not, it, it's frozen and it's, it's not exactly something we can just easily uh, get to. Although they have, some people have speculated the value of setting up some sort of like base on the moon and then use some of the natural resources on there to then provide maybe the potential for using water right. and separating out, separating out uh, the hydrogen from it. And, and using that potentially to fuel rockets and right. travel from there so that you wouldn't have, because it's very costly. You wouldn't costly. have to transport the water. Yeah, it's very costly. Mars, you would, right? Potentially. They say they that say there's that... water on Mars. Okay, so that I know they've said that, but I don't know. Who, I hear that too, but I don't think it's they, the people that are... No, NASA says so says what that there's potential water or they've no, seen it they they have scanned so there's there's interesting ways for them to discover what exists on a on a planet and i i don't know the details of it but what they what they believe is that there is ice on on mars and there is uh h2o ice right. and then there's also carbon dioxide like Really, because it's so freaking cold. I mean, I can't remember what the temperatures are. I have it written down someplace, but it's so cold. It's like dry ice. Mm, so gotcha. immediately evaporates into carbon dioxide. Same thing with the water. Is they think that if if there is in fact ice, which is what their claim is, that it's underground. It's more like what you would call like permafrost, because it is so stinking cold, and there's hardly any atmosphere. On there's really not much of a, any atmosphere on the moon, but there's a little bit more on Mars. And without that atmosphere, there's a whole lot of things that that happen because of the lack of atmosphere. Question though, mm-hmm. would you happen to ha- be able to have to, in order to have water in any form, whether it's frozen or not, would it have to be not frozen at one point in its life? Yeah. They think that Mars had massive lakes and potentially oceans. See, I have I have heard that too, but I mm-hmm. I just don't know where the where where the facts are at this point because I know it's nice having quote not really exactly, but boots mm-hmm. on the ground now. Mm-hmm. So now they could go well over here where they some people show you know aerial views. It looks like trees, right? Oh, well, oh yeah. That's na- mm-hmm. now maybe they could drive their butts over there and go. Okay, it's actually this or. Yeah, because if there's, if they find it, if they find one bush on that planet, <laughs> that's, I'm sorry, I think of, that's life. That would be amazing. Uh, so far, the, that's not the case. Yeah, but, feel- but in the, in the, because I do want to talk about some of the conspiracy things, because I did run across a guy who was adamant that there were trees. And uh, of some course, of it's compelling science- to look and, and you could, yeah, but this is like many, many years ago when we were just orbiting the planet. We hadn't actually landed on mm-hmm. it yet, and what you see in pictures can be deceiving. Oh, yeah, Ethan's bringing that stuff and... up, but yeah. So I want to chit chat about that stuff in a, in a little bit. But so the the idea that that there is what they believe is used to be oceans, lakes, and that sort of thing is because the leftover minerals on the surface. Because when, and we experience this here on Earth, when an ocean dries up, it leaves a lot of, like, salty deposits. And 
depending on the the layering of those deposits, you can kind of get a determination. You can kind of determine what, like how old it can potentially be, how many times it dried and came back. Sure. Uh, it's like our little rings that, you know, if mm-hmm. I dare say, I know it's on top of my water heater, yeah. there has been some leakage and it mm-hmm. had slowly dried up and you see the 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 mm-hmm. levels of pooling that was up on top, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so it leaves that, that, uh, that, uh, yeah, those rings behind anyways. Yeah. Yeah. The, like calciums and, yes. and I don't know. But there, are you saying they're seeing some of that? They are. And well, see, that's the cool thing about all these rovers is they get on there, they have different instruments to then test. They have these really fancy in- instruments. Well, they will scoop up, like some of the earlier missions would actually, they have these little shovels, they scoop up some of the material, put it into this little um, device on the rover and run, you know, lasers or other, you know, you know, device. I don't even know how, I don't even know how you would (laughs) describe it. I know. But you run it through all these like spectrometers and all these things that will then determine what its chemical makeup is. And we have a, a pretty good like record of rocks and and geological formations and stuff on earth that we have done a whole bunch of testing and it's interesting to find that similar stuff exists on mars if you look at the pictures it looks like it's an it's you know an arizona desert or right. something so there's a lot of geological formations that are very similar on mars as as on earth and so you can kind of infer some of the similar processes but they've they've got you know quite a few missions that have gone to Mars. In some cases, they're just orbiting Mars. And in other cases, they're actually landing rovers on Mars and and testing, looking at a lot of different stuff. I mean, they're cutting into rocks, they're digging up soil. Uh, the latest rover, I think, is actually digging up uh, soil and I call it soil. Maybe it's they don't even call it soil, but they're they're digging up this material and they're putting it into these. I mean, they'll scan it and do these different things to it. But then they're going to leave those deposits for a future mission to actually pick up and bring back mm. to Earth to do further analysis. I'm Amazing. impressed they can do that. Yeah, especially if you know communication takes that long, you know, for it to because mm-hmm. I know that they could go out there like Wally. <laughs> go out there and they're on a mission to do things, but they're still waiting to get a little bit of feedback to go here or go mm-hmm. there or look there, you know? I mean, I don't know if they're using any kind of like artificial intelligence in the process that these missions are, but I, what I believe is that they're, they're creating, they're programming this stuff, sending it to the, the rover and then it executes all these commands and they have enough feedback via pictures the other orbiters that are kind of tracking this kind of stuff, they also have at NASA or the Jet Propulsion Lab identical rovers here. So, and they have similar environments, so they can actually pre-program and and simulate the rover traveling someplace really? before actually giving the instruction and and doing it. It's like a form of remote control, but you're kind of setting what it's going to do ahead right. of time. Right. Wow. It's really quite amazing. I tell you, there's there's a, a lot of cool gigs that I would like to be, wish I could be a part of, and and that's that would be one to be, you know, I sit there and I get to, I try to listen to, I don't even get to watch all the pictures and videos, which it seems like there's more video to watch than 
information to listen to, but just getting to listen to the crew that is at on earth, you know, counting down the landing and the deployment of things and their excitement is just so raw and pure and, and it just must be so satisfying mm-hmm. even, even during a failure, you know, cause you know that you just learned something that you won't do next time, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's gotta be cool to be a part of something new, you know, mm-hmm. that's never been done before. 70 yeah. times is near never been done before, mm-hmm. you know? Well, each, each mission is, you know, they're introducing new technologies or new methods of doing even landing. The right. the last landing was pretty incredible. Uh, they, cause in some cases they've, they've landed them by putting the Rover in like these huge balloons. Right. And they, you know, they use these, these big parachutes to slow it down. You know, they have like a heat shield, like, you know, the old rocket, uh, the old, um, well, the space shuttle, you know, where it comes back into our atmosphere, it heats up. So they get rid of that heat shield and then they deploy these massive, like these parachutes that get you <laughs> to slow down to a, uh, I don't know how fast it is, but we're talking thousands of miles per hour down to something where then they can uh, deploy like a secondary, I think, par- parachute, slow it down even more, and then they drop. Excuse me. They, they, then they drop the the rover in a like a package of balloons, and it bounces, and who knows so where saying, it's going right. to land. It was you know? it was interesting because I was listening to like the landing or deployment, and they were talking like, okay, it's moving at a rate of a thousand meters a second. We're at ten miles, nine point five miles. I'm like, you know, it said ten miles just a second ago. She had to you know uh, adjust it mm-hmm. and, uh, really quick. But the other thing that they are doing is. Is and now you tell me because I didn't get to hear it. I saw this gal getting to sit next to her. Something like it was her invention, and it was I don't know if they call it a drone, but a drone. And I all I heard was they got to fire it up. I didn't know if it got to fly, but they the propellers were turning on Mars, and I thought, wow, how neat is that to be able to have a now a drone that could now cover way more territory see things at a better angle and view well so you and i both have drones and we enjoy flying them Mm -hmm. so that technology of course fascinates me this particular drone or helicopter they call it they actually call it ingenuity so they named it perseverance is the is the is the rover and then they have Ingenuity, which is the helicopter. And there actually is there's another little component called Moxie. And I'll tell you about that in a second. Because it's not technically a drone, is it? It's not technically. Because it looks a, like a helicopter. Well, you know what? I mean, I'm not sure what, how you define a drone uh, other than you can program it to do something and it does it. So mm. this probably could be categorized as a drone. Yeah, Ethan's got some pictures here. It's just not a typical four. Propellers yeah, it's kind not of a thing. quadcopter. It looks like a yeah, right. Yeah, it, but it's a very small, very so simple helicopter. What do you know the size of it? Because when somebody looks at these pictures, and there's nothing that we could see that we could use to, you know, for size. I don't know if that's the size of my car or no. if that's the size of our drones. No, I think it's it, yeah. See, there you go. There's a, a picture with a. Ah, human, see, that yeah. is a good. That's a decent sized little guy, but a lot smaller than I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I will tell you, I did see the gals sitting next to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I did so see the, that. So some of the neat things about Ingenuity is that because the atmosphere is so thin on Mars, 
you wouldn't be able to fly well our drones our drones don't spin up fast enough to move enough air to then um to take off yeah so this thing spins so much faster i don't know if it's like 10 times the speed of a regular drone because it has to push so much more atmosphere in order to get off the ground so it goes those blades go really really fast and they design it in such a way that it can handle the harshness of of the martian planet because mars like i said it doesn't have much atmosphere but it doesn't have it doesn't have the same you know like our our, our planet has this sort of shield it's a magnetic shield it helps to deflect some of the solar radiation Mars doesn't have that same protection. Mm. So not only is the atmosphere really, really thin, so there's not a lot of those gases to, you know, kind of give us that buffer, but it's also extremely cold. I mean, we're talking negative, oh gosh, I wrote it down. I want to say it's like negative 100 plus degrees. Yeah. That is ridiculous. (laughs) Negative 120 just before sunrise is what they're saying. Wow. And the temperature will range up to 59 degrees. So it's a massive swing in temperature, which a lot of components wouldn't survive that mm. kind of temperature swing, let alone right. batteries, right? Right. But, but there's no protection from the radiation, which is another reason why life on Mars is really difficult. But this, this little, this little uh, drone thing has to handle all of those things in order to just achieve flight. <laughs> yeah, achieve flight. It's, uh, there's a lot of things that are going against it here. But you're right, it'll give a completely new perspective. Mm. And they couldn't even make this possible without having the previous missions to find out what mm-hmm. it's like. Well, think about on Earth, we've had quite a lot of improvements in drone technology. So that it's kind of gone into this. I watched yes. a little video on on some of the tests that they were doing with this drone, and they have they have to have this massive. Um, I mean, it's like a room, but they are able to like pressurize it and remove atmosphere to be very similar to uh, to Mars. Now, I don't think that they can replicate the gravity uh, in this room, but they can replicate the atmosphere, and that way they could figure out how to fly this thing with very very little atmosphere well that's impressive i'm trying to remember what the i want to say that the gravity was like a third yeah it's it is it is uh mars is a third the gravity of earth yeah so imagine how you would feel getting up out of bed in the morning without having so much gravity it's like (laughs) because you weigh a lot less (laughs) Yeah. yeah Man, I don't know. It'd be bizarre. There's a, a gentleman I watch. It's, he has his own podcast called Action Lab. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a video game or it's a computer program that shows he's, he's driving a truck. What it'd be like on Jupiter mm. versus here and on the moon when you drive over a cliff and it just keeps going. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Jupiter, you, you, you pu- essentially push enter and then the truck goes smashes to the ground without even going forward, mm-hmm. you know? So it's really weird how you could get the 
close idea what it could be like attempting just to do the regular things that we do here. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a whole different ball game. It's cool though because they can create these simulations with the, what they know about the planet and using mathematics, and then mm-hmm. they can create this these simulated environments. It was pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, they know. get pretty close. I will mm-hmm. have to say. So I, I wrote down some of the things that that's interesting about Mars as far as like you know the, some of the uniqueness of it. One, I talked a little bit about the radiation. The radiation, there's just not much protection, which is one of the reasons why, you know, the idea that they would find uh, living organisms is very, very unlikely because not only there's not much atmosphere, there's the temperature ranges and uh, the lack of liquid water. And then on top of that, if you if you think about all the solar radiation, it just it just decimates things. Now they have, I, th- I can't remember what th- they call them. Tartar bears. <laughs> I think they call them that. Ethan, can you look that up? Tar- tartar bears. The, it's like a, a very small living organism and it looks like a weird bear. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I was going to say, that's funny. Tardigrade. I, tardigrade. I've, I've heard of, okay. yeah. What's the nickname for it? Space bear. Water bears or moss piglets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tardigrade. And yeah, it has a bunch of nicknames. Anyway, it's such an interesting thing and they they think that these things can can live for like thousands of years without actually like living. Like it could be in a hibernation state. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff, but what what's interesting to me is that the reason that they think it's that life is so unlikely on Mars is because it's a combination of all of those factors. Things that can handle a certain temperature could maybe potentially repair themselves from solar radiation or these other things. But when you are freezing at negative 120 degrees, whatever that is living is in a hibernation state. So it's not really doing things to replicate. It's not doing things to repair its its cellular structure. and so that means any radiation that comes in and damages those things, there's no movement to do any of the repairing. So if right, the temperature gotcha. was higher, it's possible that they could handle some of the radiation. But it's so stinking cold. Mm. Negative 120 degrees. Yeah. You would, you would, okay, so I understand that anything that would be on the planet would be considered alien, right? But, you know, we're also thinking of the, how our universe or our, our, our um, how all of our planets are alike and, and, and our, how the stuff that we have here would be on there. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense that there would be other things. So, I mean, I have a hard time explaining it, but yeah, it's it, our it would, idea it would, of what biology right, is here. It would have to be something outrageously alien, mm-hmm. you know, for us to, to, for it to, to survive, like not even have the same, you know, of course we wouldn't think about heartbeats or anything like that. Just something completely different that is hard to imagine. And we do have some of that weird stuff on earth too, right? Like viruses aren't technically living and yeah. Uh, But to, but to your point, yeah, there, there's so much that we consider because of our experience here on earth, our understanding of biology here, we're carbon based life forms. Why couldn't some other planet have developed life using some other element? I don't know. Because I would say, especially if you believe in evolution or how this planet, or if you believe the 
uh, planet was uh, created for, through like the Big Bang Theory, if you will, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't that be possible in other... I mean, they make up their own ways of life, you know? Well, we were talking, that was a while ago, the idea that like plants will, they take, you know, solar radiation and they convert it into energy right. and they consume carbon dioxide in the air and then produce oxygen, which then other forms like us we consume oxygen and give off carbon dioxide. So there's a different way of life interacting. Mm -hmm. One is complementary to the other, right? Uh, Why couldn't there be something else that we may not identify as living someplace else? I know, it could could be. And I don't know enough about this stuff, but... uh, Obviously me neither. I can hardly even remember, come up with the words I'm trying to say. (laughs) I, I, you know, I, I love watching and reading about this stuff and i don't remember the vocabulary in most mm. cases i have to write notes down and then i have so many notes it's like i can't figure out which ones i want to <laughs> i want to refer to yeah. uh so the other thing that's interesting of course there's no magnetic poles or i don't think they have i don't know that they have the magnetic poles that we have if they do they're very very weak, weak? really yeah it's silly because i imagine they all, well i all i imagine that they all had them had them well it would like require were... like an iron core i think i think that's what it is hmm. just based on how magnetism uh is made i think it would have to have some sort of you know iron core i would just space. imagine that all the planets would have like well then again jupiter is what made of gas somehow yeah isn't that weird so i'm all confused <laughs> i'm all confused too uh, so yeah, so the place is colder than Antarctica. The other thing I thought was interesting is that there's no tectonic plates. Oh. Think about how Earth, the tectonic plates, you know, they create, you know, earthquakes and they move continents and stuff given enough time. You can see, even today, you can see that certain mountain ranges are growing. Over a hundred years, they've grown feet. And it's because of, it's not because of a, uh, a uh, a volcano, but because of the tectonic shifting. plates shifting, yep, and, and they don't have that there. And yeah, they they think that it's possible. I think this is what they it's said. Like it's more of a solid. Well, it's so stinking cold, and they don't. I don't know about the core of the planet and how active that is anymore. But they, it's possible that in its past. They're talking like millions of millions of years ago or something. It, maybe they did have some some tectonic plates, but I don't think that they do these days. Hmm. Which then changes, you know, some thoughts on how the the planet might move around and what resources might be there. And then if you think about how tectonic plates move Earth up and then underneath there's a certain amount of like geology you can understand about those processes but on a planet like mars where they don't have that yeah that means most of the surface has been eroded either using you know water using wind where does it go uh i think they said that there was some volcanic activity and then of course the the scariest part which is the meteors that are running into it it's funny because I don't notice so many when they show a picture of it. I don't see it like the moon has been devastated by meteors, mm-hmm. but I don't see 
the huge devastation to it, Mars, like the moon. I don't Ethan, maybe you can look you know up I mean? some... Like, some I could literally look at the pictures. moon, mm-hmm. and you could see where it's hit, and it spread maybe a fifth of the moon, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, now I've seen some strikes. Heck, I've seen some strikes on, on, on Earth, but not like huge devastations. Oh, that's yeah. pretty big. Yeah, there's, there's a huge one that is, I can't remember if it's 100 times the size of of um the grand canyon mm-hmm. where it's this massive canyon that's been hit at various times by by you know meteors and whatnot but there is quite the destruction i just don't know if at some point it had the ability to kind of protect itself in such a way with um like how earth kind of protects it because if you think about the atmosphere the atmosphere if it's a thick atmosphere then things run into that as they come into our atmosphere and it deteriorates it burns off there's so much friction it creates so much heat that rocks coming from space are going to burn off in our atmosphere now if they're big enough like what they think killed off the dinosaurs that's a different story but we get inundated by you know what people call us shooting stars all the time yeah and it's because our atmosphere is thick enough to be able to burn to create a buffer and, and burn it up. Mm. So you think that uh that that uh the government would change their ideas about global warming because this is a planet that looks like it needs global warming. Mm. Looks like it could do it some good. Yeah, well Elon is talking about that. Oh is that... Yeah. Well he has some ideas about uh terraforming Mars. Well is it is it this? Because I've heard I don't know if this is maybe where I've also heard it, but wanting to send some nukes over and yeah. launch some nukes <laughs> this and see is, what happens. Yeah. I even heard about, let's, let's, let's launch a few in the moon. I'm like, why? <laughs> How about just leave it the hell alone? I mean, it's, it doesn't do this planet any good. What makes you think it's going to do anything? I mean, I get it, but really? You think that's a good idea? I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think man-made stuff is <laughs> never a good idea. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, Elon Musk is a very bright guy and he thinks about this stuff. I mean, he's got his own... <laughs> you know, space rocket company. Yeah. <laughs> but he was talking about letting off nukes at one of the, the poles on Mars because there's so much, they, they believe there's so much um, ice up there and a lot of carbon dioxide is actually frozen within the soil. And if you want to, if you want to have life on Mars... Create clouds, then create Exactly. Rain, you have create... to create all of those things that we were talking about. You got to create the atmosphere which would require a lot of CO2 and methane and uh, other, other you know, gases in order to create the atmosphere necessary to, you know, provide us these other things that we would experience on Earth. And you can't breathe the air anyway, so... Well, and, and then to be able to warm the planet. So the atmosphere, CO2, methane, there's some other greenhouse gases that in enough volume will help to insulate the planet. The reason that the planet is so stinking cold is because the atmosphere is so thin. There's no way to give it that cushion, you know, that 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 atmospheric blanket to keep the planet warmer. And so you would have to create a whole bunch of atmosphere somehow. And he's talking about, "Oh yeah, we could we know we we know how to blow, you know, up uh, atomic bombs. We could we could set up massive atomic bombs." up at one of the poles to basically vaporize to create the gases necessary from the underground co2 and 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 water deposits 
and start creating enough atmosphere and which is really a scary idea to me <laughs> but no one's living there anyway right now so <laughs> that's a good point but there's some things that i wonder is is mars there exactly the way it is for a good reason for us you know <laughs> well you don't know and what if what if it makes it do something that's a little we don't know that a million i don't even know what's a major the tiniest microscopic change could What's the domino effect? We don't know. (laughs) That's why I really don't like the idea. I mean, it's easier for me to grasp that than Mm -hmm. stop blowing up our... Stop thinking Mm -hmm. about fucking with our... Sorry, (laughs) screwing with our moon because we see what it does for us every day, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not just talking about lighting up our night, you know? It has plays a big role in our our tides, Mm -hmm. you know? I like to not (laughs) screw with stuff. I mean, everybody wants Mm -hmm. to screw with things and it's always the... It's just a handful of people because they have the money to do it, mm-hmm. you know? You know, they should, like, <laughs> take it, you know, take a poll throughout the whole country on these things, mm-hmm. or world, excuse me. Well, and they take so many precautions to make sure that when they're working on the technology that will eventually go to another planet, they do so much to make sure that they are clean, that there is no bacteria or any kind of life form introduced accidentally to these places. And... You know, if you think about Mars, of course, the it's just not a good place to have life right now. But they do, they go through, you know, they wear these bunny suits, they go through all these different, uh, like, chambers where you have to wash up, you have, um, I don't know if it's just air or if it's other stuff that they run across you to make sure there isn't, you're not carrying anything that's going to eventually be on that, that you know, rover or whatever to go on another planet. So it cracks me up that they would be talking about, oh yeah, let's set off some nukes and and create some atmosphere. (laughs) But I will say, you know, it sounds scary because it is. I mean, nukes are no joke, but you know, they're only playing with what we know. I mean, we don't have anything else that's drastic enough to do something on a global level, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, they talk about it because the sun is so far away from this planet that it, it gets far less energy than than we do in fact the solar panels on those on those rovers are way less um how how would i explain it they get a whole lot less energy than if it was on earth because oh, the, the sure. sun is yep, so much yep. closer to us and the, the radiation is so much stronger but but the idea is that the sun, the sun is nuclear explosions going off constantly it's 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 so hot it's creating you know, it's creating these other elements and burning them up, co- converting them into other elements. It's, um, what do they call it? Fusion? Sure. Fission? I can't remember the difference between one is combining and the other is like breaking apart. Anyway, but they're talking about, oh yeah, let's, let's, let's just set off a whole bunch of nuclear explosions and it will replicate what a sun would do if it were that, if it were closer. I'm shocked Elon doesn't want to just put a jetpack on it and push it closer to the sun. <laughs> let's change it to orbit. <laughs> Wait, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, now you're talking about what's the consequence. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, the idea, the ultimate idea is to to populate it with with humans, you know, to have an alternative to Earth. And um, I don't think that they're going to be able to do it in a way where you terraform the planet. I really think they have to use other technology to have people live there. Uh, But so I want to talk a little bit about the the idea of actually putting humans on there because mm-hmm. you know all these dangers now so how do you how do you get humans to survive on a planet like that especially a, with all that radiation literally in a bubble 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you would. I, I have to take a movie, and I don't re- remember what it's called, but I think it was with Matt Damon. Mm. And it was a slow, but a really good movie, really. And he did, you know, he started growing his own greenhouse, but he could do it within a fake atmosphere mm-hmm. or a made up atmosphere. And, but you step out of it, you're done for. So can you ever really? I don't know. It would, mm. I would imagine in something like that, bring him home. Yeah. That's the the Martian. Yeah. The Martian. So with that, I wonder, because I think about the other dangers, they have like massive windstorms, sands. I don't, don't know if they call it sandstorms, but they're, they're massive windstorms and they kick up a whole bunch of that Martian earth. And can you call it Martian earth? I don't think you can call it Martian I earth. know. I swear. We just I gotta call change it, my whole language. We'd have to call it Mars. Yeah. This is earth. I go out there, scoop up a thing of earth. Yeah. I'm going to scoop it's, up some it's Mars. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that's it. But, you know, they have these bubbles that, that you're saying, you know, have the, it's their own little atmosphere and their protection and all this. But the windstorms are just absolutely crazy. And then all that radiation beating down is really crazy. So you have to have all this other protective stuff in order to just not die from those natural things, let alone all of those other, uh, the space rocks that are coming into the light, thin atmosphere and coming down and penetrating, hitting... Because if you got hit by something like that, even if it were the size of a pebble, oh my gosh, it could be very, very damaging. Oh my, yeah, absolutely. I, I was especially watching, if you're wearing a suit and it goes through your suit, not you. Even mm-hmm. you're done. The think about the temperature swings, think about the radiation, the conditions of the outside. If you could use Elon Musk's boring company, have the technology ship that out there, and start creating a tunnel system an entire ecosystem underground. Because if you're underground, you're going to protect yourself from those really big, scary things that I just talked about, radiation and space rocks coming, crashing through. I just don't even know, you know, like you said, the gravity and stuff is so different. Like, um, I'm not even trying to be funny here, but from bowel movements (laughs) to if you get somebody pregnant to try to give birth. I mean, you're going to hold your baby different in your tummy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm just saying if you're out in that atmosphere, I mean, if you're in a man-made atmosphere, so it's like earth, then, then, then I get that. But, you know, there's things that I don't know if your body, or even if, if, you know, if you were somehow out in the elements, are you going to be pulled apart or cram packed more or, you know, uh, compacted more or you know your body your organs might not function as good i don't know i think there's so much stuff because now we're an alien you know being going on a different planet that is not made for us at all and i would think that this would be something even if they decide to drop numerous nukes in hopes that it does something they're gonna be just winging it is what they're doing i don't know let's see what happens and then maybe it'll do something but but this is something that wouldn't take just years i mean Elon's grandkids' grandkids <laughs> might be able to, not, be but we still probably wouldn't be able to see it. You know, to be able to start melting water to create lakes, let alone oceans, or to make an atmosphere. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a livable one. Is just seems like it's not. I'm not going to see it. Yeah, but I don't think we would see it. One of the questions that I had is, as I've kind of listened to. You know, different NASA stuff and folks talking online and these different documentaries. I, I was wonder, 
So why is it that we're not just getting there faster? Because we seem to be spending so much money on a space program to send people up to the International Space Station. We haven't really done a whole lot on the moon, you know, to speak of, but there was a big push to get there. And then we've got these Mars missions. If we've attempted 77, why don't we have people on there yet? So that was the question going through my head. Well, what I'm realizing as I read about each of the missions is that each of the missions has a set of things that they're trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff that they're doing on the International Space Station is scientific uh, experimentation and discovery. One of the the twins, uh, Scott Kelly and, oh gosh, what was his brother's name? Maybe Patricia Ethan can look him up. But the Kelly twins, they they sent them up. They're both astronauts. They've both been up up to the International Space Station. And because they're twins and they're very similar genetically, they, I think it was Scott Kelly. There you go, Scott and Mark Kelly. I can't remember. Was it Scott that they sent up for, was it a year in no. space? And they were just trying to figure out what happens to the human body over that period of time. Well, he's got an ident- identical identical twin they can do a little bit of conspiracy you know comparison and and they found there's a lot of problems when he was coming back Mm -hmm. and they do all this exercise they've got all this resistance stuff i mean it's crazy so i gotta say listening to all this stuff because i've heard i've it's been a little bit i don't know if there's even more stuff but a lot of they they talk about you know you lose muscle and you start your body starts I can't remember Atrophy. shrinking yeah and all these things so they do things to help help keep their body from adjusting so much but it almost feels like you ever see those little green men or what aliens look like mm-hmm. <laughs> what it sounds like what they're going through if you don't <laughs> if you just let them be for yeah I don't know a hundred years they're gonna look like those little green men <laughs> like their skulls are gonna get big because their face gets sunk in and their bodies get small and frail mm-hmm. you know and i'm like man there could be something to that mm-hmm. but <laughs> maybe their eyes is. are just so know. big because they just start getting sunken in you know you've seen a crackhead's eyes <laughs> that's so funny yeah but, yeah the faces of meth <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that's funny but i it's true, though, that the body goes through some really weird stuff when you don't have gravity constantly pushing pushing them down. Because that's what we're adapted to. That's well, why we are how we look, is, yeah. is because of our elements. But the, the idea is that eventually they're going to be on Mars, and so they're, they're running through these experiments trying to figure out what, do, what does happen to the, the body. And because if you do live in a very low-gravity environment for a certain period of time, your body in many different ways, functions, starts to function differently. I think the way that the heart works, it gets weaker because it doesn't have to pump so hard to get right. the circulation. Uh, there, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different factors. But that, those are some of the reasons why we're, we're doing so many missions is because we're figuring out these little things so that when we eventually do send humans to Mars, we'll know so much more about the likelihood of them surviving or how their body is going to develop or you know potentially i'm waiting for the the first birth of the on the international space station (laughs) you know yeah or the moon who knows i think i think if they could create a, a moon base and be able to then do some of these experiments on the moon where the moon is i don't know it's is it I, I can't remember, it but it's a no lot time less to get there. And but then again, is the lack of better words the earth, <laughs> the dirt, mm-hmm. the soil? Yeah. Maybe you should go with that. The soil on the moon 
I just don't know, is it of a planet's type of soil, you know? Like, like... What do you mean? Well, like in Mars, there's dirt, right? Mm-hmm. Earth, there's dirt. Is there dirt? Or is it like, it always seems like it's some kind of an ash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It always seems like it's, it's waste, wasteland. And not just, Mars just looks like, like you said, Arizona, you know, but had potential or is potential or... Well, you know why the planet looks red? Um, what do you know about our planet that makes stuff look red, as far as rocks are concerned? It's because there's no... Oh, because of rocks? Oh, I don't remember. It has some kind of uh, element in it. Yeah, iron oxide. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. it's rust. It's rusted up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there's so much of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, what you're, what you're calling soil, you know, here on... on planet earth soil is made up of a whole bunch of decomposing materials there's nutrients and stuff in it but that's yeah so and it sounds nitrogen like mars might and, have some of that it's just too cold to, yes you know, but not to it. the extent that earth has because the soil no, I know, on earth but what is, about that's why i'm just kind of just comparing the moon mm-hmm, to it mm-hmm. so i and i don't know maybe you could tell me if you know but uh, like i always think that the moon doesn't have that with any of the planets would like it for some reason. Mm. I, I don't know. That's why, but I just feel like it's a different substance than any other planets would. But then I always think of Jupiter going, well, crap, <laughs> maybe that's what happened. They put all the cows on Jupiter, <laughs> turned to gas. No, I, yeah, I don't, but, I don't know all of the elements that are on there, but, um, it's very similar to earth when you're looking at a, um, right where the moon isn't. I, I mean, I feel, I feel like it's just different. It's like, I feel like it's a different type of soil for some reason. See, there's producer E pulling through for us. Martian crust, silicon, oxygen, iron, magnesium, aluminum, calcium, potassium. These are the major uh, uh, minerals. On Mars. Yeah, on Mars. So you can look it up for the moon and see what's on on the moon as well. Uh, You know, earlier you were talking about some of the conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. on Mars. I thought it was super interesting. It's funner to me than... Yeah, than than the science stuff. Like they show pictures of like some alien looking spider thing in a Mm -hmm. rock or these faces that... But they don't tell me if the face is the size of me or the size of Mount Hood. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I don't know what we're looking at. And Mm -hmm. I know that you can see a lot of things that look similar. Mm -hmm. But let's see. Let's see. What is this? This is the moon. Says the average com- composition of the lunar surface by weight is forty-three percent oxygen, twenty percent silicon, ninety percent magnesium, ten percent iron, three percent calcium, three percent aluminum. So it's a freaking rock. Yeah, it's a rock. <laughs> so my my that's my my point is it's more of a rock versus there's quote earth on dirt yeah, on it. Yeah. You know where there's potential to dig, mm-hmm. plant if you do stuff to the soil mm-hmm. where. The moon is just a rock. It's almost like it's how, just how a, thick it, of a rock is it? It's well, just a bulletproof vest for our, <laughs> our our planet. It helps. Yeah. So the, some of the conspiracy things. Ethan's got the the face on Mars. So let me let me back up just a second. So based on some of the information that we know, and most of the the stuff that I've that I've put down on my notes and we've talked about has has come from NASA and some of the other like real enthusiasts about following this stuff. So when you start looking at the conspiracies about the face on Mars and the claim that that shows sign of an intelligence that some thing, some living thing, designed it, created it. But knowing what we know, 
about the planet now. Because, Ethan, look at the date for that picture when that was originally taken. But knowing what we know now, some of these things we can just kind of dismiss because... That's if. Mm -hmm. Because example is, is if there's frozen water, could we go back as far as assuming that it might have been flowing at one point? Mm -hmm. And if it was flowing at one point, then maybe it was possible then. Mm -hmm. So... You know, when you just don't have the complete, even though, even though you, that's where, that's where you could, I mean, people could grow facts out of, or grow ideas out of, away from true facts. But when there's a little bit of, when you only have, I'm going to be nice and say, when you have 95% of what's going on, that 5% is plenty to take off on an offshoot. Oh, sure. And, but, but I don't believe that that's a face of a face yeah. or, you know, I mean, it's just a coincidence that it happens to be formed that way in my opinion that's mm -hmm. my opinion and i like conspiracy or mm -hmm. i like to believe that try to find that kind of stuff but so that picture was taken 1976 oh my gosh is that right wait a minute yeah I, it, yeah and i and i actually i might actually have that in my notes they had we had we had something orbit, orbiting yep. mars on in 1976. Yeah, 1976 yep yeah we did yeah Yep, 1976, uh, that was the, was it the Viking missions, 1975 to orbit Mars. They had two rockets. Well, that's worth believing. Two, two things to, to <laughs> circum, you know, um, circumnavigate or orbit the uh I mean, that's when the they planet. had, that's when they had film. And, of course, the clarity of these pictures are not great compared to what we have today in being able to zoom in. Yeah, it's digital. like, it's like it's looking at all the Bigfoot <laughs> pictures yeah. Mm -hmm. it's yeah i see it but it's just not good enough but some of the new pictures that has been pretty interesting you know it's conspiracy theories of, of what was the other rovers um the several of them yeah but anyways yeah. the ones that were were oh shame on me i can't remember but there's other rovers out there and they had video of like a shadow and that shadow looked like there was a person standing there mm -hmm. and then there's another of a video of a picture of a of a look like an alien type person or a, or a human sitting on a rock in the pa in the background. Ethan, click on the the picture. It looks like a a person's face with a crown. Yeah, this was another one of those famous ones. Yeah. And and I don't know what the phenomenon is called, but it, humans are are pattern recognition creatures. In fact, a lot of uh, creatures are pattern recognition, mm -hmm. but we're just really good. We've evolved to be very, very good at recognizing. And the human face is one of those that, you know, you'll see Jesus in toast. Yeah. Right? Because our our pattern recognition is really good when it comes to, like, faces and stuff. And you can see in this picture that it looks like a person's face with yep. the crown. And so the, the conspiracy was that this was created by an ancient civilization. Yep. And and this is probably bigger than the size of Texas as well. Too. Yeah. You know what I mean? This could be bigger than the U.S. <laughs> and and it's just coincidental. And, and I like to think of that stuff, but it's mm -hmm. come on. like mm -hmm. Even some of it is, it's really neat, but come on. Uh, that doesn't mean that people wasted their time to go down and make something look similar to a human face. Earlier you were talking about a tree shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, look look for the photos but of always, a Martian tree. They usually, I shouldn't say always, at least all the ones I've seen are all aerial, straight down looking. Yeah. It was the shadows that gave the impression of the trees, I feel. Ooh. Yeah, so I think it was from the same mission in the, in the late 70s. And 
No, those aren't it. No, but I like the looks of that. That looks interesting. Yeah, it does look interesting. But this was a top view, and it looked like if you were to look at one of the, you know, like a, a fir tree from the top where it, there's like a central trunk yep. and then the thing's coming out from the side. And what's funny is I, I did look this up because I was fascinated by it. And evidently the image that they were referring to is the tree in its width, a hundred meters. That's over 300 feet in size across. Yep, okay. That's true then. And <laughs> our trees used to be way bigger than yeah, they are now too. I, I don't think a hundred meters across. Uh, but the, you know, there's all this speculation that there was this plant life and a lot of the earlier, a lot of the, the early, um, um, you know, scientists or, I don't know what what do you what do you want to call them the I go with scientists yeah they they kind of speculated that that you know Mars potentially has this really unique environment that could have grown massive things and it was all based on some of these types of images that they were looking at and they then jumped they leaped to some of these conclusions about yeah. massive trees and but even if they did that and they did finally go it is but it, it looks like it's a dead planet like 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 the water that was there would never be enough to ever bring the life back to it no matter if you and how about this if it's so important to keep the uh the the ice if there is ice on the poles there on the poles here on our planet why you know try to melt it to you know help out the rest of the planet then we're going to be in the worst shape that than we are here on Earth. Well, they were asking a question of, you know, so where'd all the water go? If there was so much water, where is it? Well, they think that a lot of it is just frozen underground. They, uh... Yeah, there's one. Yeah, Ethan's showing another. So he's taking, like, a, uh, taking a, a 10-minute break out of there on a rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. is it time to go back yet? Looking mm. at his watch. Damn it. <laughs> Gotta go pick up a shovel. But isn't, isn't it interesting? It is. It's fun. It's, you know, it's just... It's just not enough to me to go, oh, man, there's something there. Mm -hmm. And then I hate it when somebody tells me, no, dude, seriously, there's life on it. I'm like... They probably don't know enough about... Well, they're they're saying that it's it's not, you know, animals or plants. It's just, it's a... It's... Oh, gosh, what am I trying to say here? It's a, a... it's like what's that little that little bear thing that you're talking about? Yeah, you know? the tardigrade. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, little little microscopic oh, little. That was another one of. The, they said that they found a Martian rock that looked like it had some sort of back, uh, like bacteria. A, That's yeah, what bacteria. Because um, bacteria would be a form of life, right? Yeah, and and they were talking about it being, you know, like a uh, fossil. But it turns out that that's just not the case. So it, for me, I'm they, waiting for it. And I know mainstream does not mean anything. I get mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, if there was life on even bacteria, I really think that it would have been something that I heard, would hear about, even in some of the offshoots of stuff mm-hmm. I listen to. So some of the next missions that they're going to send, they're actually go- going to try and determine whether there once was... Uh, life and they're thinking in terms of like you know bacteria but again the the conditions are just so harsh it's so stinking cold plus all the radiation again you an organism can't repair itself if it's frozen if it were warmer its potential 
to repair itself is is maybe a bit higher. Yeah. Uh, the there was one other thing. Oh yeah. So in the early 1800s, these folks were using telescopes to look at Mars, and they, the telescope technology was getting much bigger or much better. And so they were getting to a point where they could kind of make out some shapes on the planet, and they thought that there were tons of 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 um, canals on Mars. And so they then jumped to other conclusions about these civilizations that had created these man-made canals to well, direct water. <laughs> in the 1800s, I would not go with their telescope and what their findings were. Well, but you know, they have tunnels and stuff on on moon, on the moon, you know, and they 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 can show all the tunnels and stuff and and bases that are on the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can see but very clearly But on the 1800s <laughs> that they could see yeah, back when it was made of cheese. Uh, the See? Ni- the, ni- the 1900s, the, you know, it got much more popular, and people were thinking that there were actually ancient civilizations that existed on the planet. Of course, again, we, we had yet to get anything close enough to well, determine. Well, they talked there's pyramids on, the Mars, on Mars, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know. Yeah, well, I, I, to me, we're living in a very exciting time because I think we have the the incredible opportunity to see more and more things in greater and greater detail and 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 we're getting it delivered to us almost in real time yeah and so the amount of information good information that we can get is so much easier to access so yeah. no it's definitely intriguing like 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 when you brought it up is that right now is is just amazing it's it seems like daily even though it's not it seems like daily that they're launching or something else new is landing or they have a new piece of equipment on mars and it's crazy because there really is i mean i just just wait for five years from now what they've Mm -hmm. came up with or what's there and who's there i think in at that point it's like 40 years they want to actually have someone on mars Oh, I, I think maybe even less. I, I'm trying to remember what Elon Musk had been saying, but you know he's got this massive starship that he's testing right now. I think recently blew up on uh, on landing. Uh, maybe it was like a foggy day, and they were trying to take off. Yeah, and yeah. It, but um, but he's you know he's trying to create this thing so that we can actually move people into space, and then not just get them into space, but now travel off to Mars. And he won't let us invest in it either. I don't like that. He's, yeah. He won't let us invest in. Won't let it go public until the first, until uh, mm. people are actually going to Mars. Yeah, like, and there's a lot of hurdles to get through yeah. before then. I know, but and I want to be a part of it somehow. Yeah, you know, even if it is a five hundred dollar bill. Yeah, you know, I just want to be able to be a part of it because I think it's, I think it is absolutely amazing. I mean, it, it's crazy to me because I, I'm not going to like. I'll blame it on some of the movies when there, you have all the movies that are going on. When people talk about Mars, how about this? When people were talking about the moon back in the day, it was huge deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody would stop what they're doing, stay home from work, wa- turn on the set, drive down to the local place. So if they don't have a TV to watch what's going on, mm-hmm. Mars should be even a bigger deal right now. But, you know, we're a little bit more numb to what's cool or what's happening because we see all these movies that are like, yeah, yeah, they're going to Mars, but it doesn't look as cool as that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where something's taking the edge off of it. But it is one of the coolest things if anybody would actually stop and ponder what we're doing or what's actually what it takes to achieve it. It is one of the biggest things going on right now. And it really isn't making that much of a 
Mm-mm. There's nothing in the new mainstream news about it, which just blows me away. It's unfortunate. But the cool thing is we've got so many more people who are really interested in it. That's a, I mean, it's, it's a smaller group, but again, population has grown so much and the ability to communicate to other parts of, of, you know, we don't other have to countries. rely on the mainstream to, to see it. Exactly. Thank goodness. Cause if we did, mm-hmm. if it was just kind of like back in the day when we had the moon and they covered it, like they are covering it. We wouldn't know anything. Yeah. So it's like NASA has its own show mm-hmm. or their own sites, mm-hmm. you know, to look up along as long as, as well as all these other places. But yeah, we don't need the mainstream media. I don't think to do a ton of promoting of of Mars because there is the ability for us to get uh, the information in in other Directly. ways. Yeah. And and to be honest, sometimes that information is better than what the media is is, uh, I, is laying out. But I think it's more so than. More so that now than yeah. ever. Well, ho- hopefully everyone listening is is interested in the in the topic. You know, we're lay people, so we're not going to get everything right. So apologies, you know. But again, it's very fascinating. I hope that folks will will look into it a little bit yep. more. Support as 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 expensive as it is, I still think supporting it financially in whatever way is important. It's it's not something that we get to experience. Maybe you know, getting onto Mars, but the generations to follow us. What what a cool thing to to be part of, you know, the early stages of getting to a, a completely new planet. We don't right. know of any other species outside of our planet, let alone anything else that could be traveling to another planet and actually, you know, being a multi-planet uh, organism. Mm. Pretty amazing. It is. All right, Dave, let's uh, let's wrap it up. What do you say? That right, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks again for listening. Again, uh, support us by sharing this podcast with others. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, I guess for now, I guess we'll, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. 